0: And Dominion Fire 360 is on my church. He's Million here with you. M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. Now, something I'm absolutely loving about the latest run of podcasts and interviews that we're doing is the convergence of many people that we've had in different ministries kind of interacting with each other and cross Pollinating topics, if you will. And my guest today was a previous guest on the Heal the Sick podcast, the other one we do at DominionFire.com. And he at the time was with Joshua Medical Center, and we had a discussion about healing and testimonies and so on and so forth. And he reached out to me to come here on Dominion Fire 360 podcast about new things that he is working on. And joining me today from Omaha, Nebraska, soon to be New Amsha, Paul Gornell. Paul, how are you today? Good, million. How are you today? I'm wonderful and appreciate you being here. Thank you for your time. And so you're on to new things from the last time we talked. You're still into the the healing, but you were with Joshua Medical Center. But now you're transitioning to the Unveiled Life Power School with uh, Jeff Randall, who was also on the podcast. So everybody's coming together. So give us a rundown, give us a walkthrough, tell us what's going on.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to just kind of connect, reconnect. And uh, and share with you everything that's going on. I was at Joshua Medical Center for just short of a year, um, which was really interesting because it was uh, uh, a gentleman had prophesied over me um, oh probably two three months into my time there, and uh, and and saying that you'll be there. Well, he he actually didn't say it would be there, but he said I would be into this this. Uh, uh, this healing journey, if you will, for nine months before the Lord moved me on to other things. And I was actually there right around nine months, uh, just shy of 10 months before I, I moved on. And when I did the podcast with you, it was pretty early in that time. And I had during during the time I was uh, at Joshua, I, when I did the podcast, because I just listened to it earlier today, um, I think I mentioned that I'd I'd seen the Lord do like 38 healings in that time. Well, when I left, by the time I left, I saw over 350 people healed and I saw Jesus just, I mean, there's over 500 uh, healings of, of different types and uh, really the sky's the limit in terms of just the variety of things. Cause you know, he paid for it all. So that's what we saw. And, um, and so I left, um, went back into the marketplace uh, for a period of time uh, selling insurance, working with, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, a uh, Berkshire Hathaway insurance company. And, uh, during that time, you know, I was just intent on bringing the kingdom to wherever I worked. And I got to lead a couple of people to the Lord, got to see some amazing healings, um, just some amazing testimonies through that. And then one day, uh, Jeff reached out to me and, um, and said, Hey, we're, I'm looking for someone to direct our pillar one school. And I had, I had kind of sat on it and prayed about it. And then, uh, kind of out of the blue, Jeff said, I'm moving to New Hampshire, bringing the ministry to New Hampshire. I actually went through junior high and high school in New Hampshire. So when that happened, I really felt, uh, like the Lord was releasing, uh, my wife and I to go work for that ministry. but we prayed about it and, and, uh, felt the leading of the Lord to go and a lot of, a lot of words that confirmed it. And, um, uh, and so back in, um, uh, I will not say May Ju- June June. Uh no, I'm sorry. July. July 3rd I started working with Jeff and and I direct uh the Pillar One school which is the healing portion of the school and so Unveiled life is is really um it's it's a school for people who are hungry for greater intimacy with the Lord and then the ref- and then the, the power that comes from that greater level of intimacy. So 2 Corinthians 3:18 talks about um if, I love the new living translation version because it says that now, with an unveiled face, we can behold uh we can see and reflect his glory and become more and more like him in his image each day, and so there's this aspect of seeing his glory and and reflecting his glory, and that happens when you um we have these pillar schools, pillar one, as I mentioned, is healing pillar two is just understanding being able to sit in the presence of God and manifest his glory, manifest his glory when you pray for people or his presence rather, when you pray for people. And then, um, there's the pillar three, a four and a five. And, and so, um, uh, so yeah, the school, what I, t- I teach the pillar one part, um, but as you go on to pillar two and, and three, you'll start to experience more and more, uh, of his presence. You'll be able to Anytime you just don't feel his presence, you can just just dwell on him and you'll just boom. You'll just like a furnace, like a uh, furnace going off, you know, in your house just and you feel his presence. It's really neat. And so it's really about, you know, uh, becoming what you behold. And so you'll become as a rule, you become what you behold. And so if you're beholding Jesus, you'll become like him. That's what it, the promise is in Second Corinthians 318. So. Um, So, yeah, so that's we I've moved over to there. And and the reality was uh, during my time at Joshua Medical Center, I was praying for people for healing uh, multiple times a day and sometimes 20, sometimes 30 times a day. And what was happening was I'd I'd be praying for people. I wouldn't feel anything, but they would be just like struck with the manifest presence of God to the point where they're just weeping. And uh, even if they didn't get healed sometimes, um, they were just getting, and I didn't know what was going on. And I would say to the person, I remember one lady in particular, I've got both hands on, on their, her knee, she's standing up using a walker. She has a really bad cold and her husband's in the exam room and I'm praying for her knee and she's weeping and, and, you know, just mucus and snot. is just running down her face. Her husband had to grab a a Kleenex and, and I'm like, what are you, what is it you're experiencing right now? Because I was confused. And she says, I don't know. It just feels like, like when I'm at church during worship. And I was like, oh, I understand. And so when I left that exam room, I said, and I was hungry for more. I was just hungry for more. And when I left that exam room, I said, Lord, I am totally content if you want to use me this way, that people would experience your presence while I'm praying for you, even if I never feel it. But I would like one day to be able to feel your presence, and then shortly after that, I got introduced to Jeff and started uh, taking his school. And it was in the Pillar Two school that that I broke, that I had real breakthrough, and started experiencing the presence of the Lord. And and this was amazing because um, for three nights I would spend an hour with the Lord, uh, and Jeff teaches this this way of of, of just communing with Him. Uh, we call it ACTS or acts, but it's going before the Lord and by faith sitting in his presence. Cause scripture says that your spirit and the Holy Spirit are one spirit. And it says that you've been made alive together with Christ. And so whether you feel anything or not, you just sit with faith that he's in you, that you're in him and that you're communing with one another. And, and then you go through this, uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, ACTS. And, um, uh during the confession part you're making not just confessing what the holy spirit brings to mind that you need to let go of but you're also confessing who you are in christ that i'm the righteousness of god in christ that i'm more than a conqueror uh that um that i'm seated at the right hand of the father with christ jesus just making these outward uh, uh, declarations and uh, uh, confessions of who i am in christ and and I did that for, for an hour a night, for three nights. I was content to continue on. I mean, my intention was absolutely to continue on and do it every night. But I was the kind of guy that um, could be in a meeting where the presence of God was just you know overwhelming and not feel a thing. People could be dropping all around me, and I would be the last guy standing. And it wasn't intentional. I just was really kind of uh, that part of of, of me was just frankly, a little closed off. It wasn't intentional. It was just, it was pretty insensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, I, I, so I committed to doing this quiet time with the Lord and just the, the image that I would take when I would go in, uh, to the quiet time when I'd be sitting at his feet, like up against his legs. And, and because my father used to watch sports a lot and he'd sit in a lazy boy uh, and I just had that kind of image. Only I'd be sitting at his feet, and I didn't. I didn't want anything from him. I just wanted to be with him. I just wanted to be in his presence. And God honored that. And the third night, I remember waking up at two ten in the morning because I looked immediately at the clock when it hit, and and I got woken up by the presence of God. I don't know if there was an angel in the room. I don't know what was going on, but I just know I had enough energy, power. You know, I had enough strength to look at the clock and note the time. But I was vibrating. Uh, with the presence of God and I went back to sleep and when I woke up it was still I was still vibrating I mean it was just this like like a fire was in my chest and my hands and feet and hair tingled and and it's it it continued like that for four weeks and um, because I was working at the medical center I continued to pray for people for healing but now I'm feeling the manifest presence of God and when I'd pray for people they would experience the manifest presence of God And um, one of the things that that they teach in the the class is, you know, you can't feel your hair grow. When you go to the gym, you don't leave there feeling stronger. Uh, It's a process that takes time. And other people will see it before you do. That was just one of the things that that Jeff had said. And I remember going into an exam room one time and a a young man who I had prayed for before because he really battled anxiety um i come into the room and he's like what's what's changed about you he goes i can't look into your eyes they're too bright and that was the first indication that i had that um that anything was changing inside of me that i was starting to see and reflect the glory of jesus and so as i would pray for people they would start to not just they would get they would experience healing but they would also experience the presence of the lord um i'd also start to hear his voice more clearly in terms of how the Lord wanted to minister to a person. And I had an experience where um, I was, a lady had um, herniated discs in her neck and her knee was essentially bone on bone, just tremendous amount of pain. And uh, so I went to, she's explaining her situation to me through an interpreter. And I said, okay, let's pray. And I go to take her hand and I'm about to uh, lay hands on her neck when I just see this picture of me just holding her hand and not saying a word. And, um, and I knew what the Lord was communicating to me, just kind of innately what he wanted me to do. So I just took her hand and I said, Lord, just release your presence over her. Well, she starts shaking, just quivering under the power of God, weeping and everything. And, um, and I was just relaxed. I'm just being at peace by faith, releasing the presence of God over her. And he comes and just just, I mean, wrecks her so much so that I was like, like, uh, you know, I'm still pretty new at this. And in my discernment, I couldn't tell if it's the Holy Spirit or is it something, if some critter that's manifesting turned out to be the Holy Spirit. And so I just asked her, I said, you know, how's your neck? And she started moving her neck around and there was no pain in her neck. God had he totally healed her neck and he would also heal her knee. And we never even asked him to do it it's just part of his nature. And so, uh, he was showing me that, um, you know, we can command stuff to be healed and that's powerful. And we're just following the model that Jesus, uh, took, or we can allow the presence of God, which we contain because we're, uh, one, we're one spirit with his spirit and we can just allow the presence of God to do it in powerful ways. And, and, and so that just started to kind of, uh, I just started to see things happen in ways that I'd never seen before. And so um, he, you know, it was just an amazing uh, time and continues to be an amazing time, but it's, it's built on relationship and intimacy with him. And, you know, if you don't continue to spend the time with him, you won't, uh, you won't walk in the same level of intimacy that you did once before, which is something else I've experienced. So, um, it just it's just really awesome this communion that you can walk in with the Holy Spirit and and with the Father and the Son that unveiled life played such a role in in unlocking me and now uh i 'm no longer the most insensitive guy in the room in terms of feeling the presence of the Lord. I can often feel his presence when when few people can, and I can feel the shift in the atmosphere when something happens um and, uh, and all of that is because of, uh, the Pillar One school.
0: Now, listeners, when if you're unclear on it, as he references Jeff, now that's Jeff Randall. And if you go on dominionfire.com, again, you'll find we did a live feed together where he just kind of went off on. So he's an intense guy. So he kind of went off on something. And then we did the interview where he expounded even further on it. So if you're uh, unsure about that part of it, make sure to visit the website at dominionfire.com and you'll catch up on all that. So you know where we stand on this. So now you are the director of it's a pillar power school. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's
1: pillar one. Uh, my role right now is, is the director of pillar one. My job is to get pillar one is the focus of pillar one is healing. Now we're not a healing school, but we teach healing for the purposes of getting people to build up their faith and what the word of God, that it does what it says it's going to do. And when you go through pillar one and uh, you go through the whole thing in order to go to pillar Two we ask you to, uh, have at least 25 people that you've prayed for, uh, get healed. Now we don't ask for medical records or anything like that. It's just based on, on your word that you've got it. You've got it because at the end of the day, if you fudge the numbers and you go into pillar two, you'll struggle because you just, you won't be walking in the level of faith that you need to walk in to, uh, to experience what you could experience in pillar two faith as the Bible teaches us, is a substance, it's a material. And you can you can build it up in one way and apply that faith in another way. So you can build it up through healing, for example, and then apply that that faith that you've built up through healing. Uh you can apply it to your financial situation or to your student loan debts or or to um whatever else is going on. Uh it is a substance that you can you know, people, you've probably heard people say it's the currency of heaven. And it, and it certainly is. Uh, but for pillar, for the pillar power school, whereas many, there are some schools out there that are, that are teaching healing. I went to many of them. They're wonderful schools. Uh, they'll, 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 they'll get you to where you need to be so you can walk in healing. But for us, that's just sort of the beginning. And then now that we, now that you've gone through that, uh, Faith journey or healing journey, where you where you're now seeing the word of God manifested in people's lives, that faith that you've built up through seeing the healings, you now apply in the Pillar Two school, which is focused on um, uh, the presence of God sitting in in quiet time, and then ultimately the goal is to sit in stillness. If you if you um, if you do a word study on stillness, you'll see David, for example, in the Psalms talked quite a bit about it it's just a a deeper uh, place, deeper than, than his presence. Uh, It's a deeper place where you're kind of lost in the presence of God, and you're just dwelling on Jesus. Your focus is solely on Jesus, not anything else, and you get pulled in, and, and you're just kind of lost in his, in his presence. And so, Pillar two is, is that. So as you begin, if you continue the pillar, what we would call the pillar one lifestyle, continue to pray for healing for people as you're moving into pillar two, you'll auto. Now there's a, there's a curriculum for pillar three, but what you'll find is before you even, even take uh, one course of pillar three, you'll see that you're starting to touch pillar three because now you're starting as you pray for people for healing, as you're in the pillar two school you'll start to see power manifested in ways through you that you hadn't seen before. And so it's really for anybody that is hungry for greater intimacy with the Lord, that knows there's more out there to be had than, than like in my case, there are certain things that I'd see near 100% healing in, and there are other things that I just wasn't getting breakthrough in. And I didn't get a lot of opportunities to pray for the dead to be raised uh, but I got a few, and and I and I didn't, you know, I didn't have any success in that area, and and it just gave me the sense that there's a deeper level of intimacy with the Lord that you can be in, where even if you're standing in front of a dead person, the level of faith that's there for you is is available, you know, it's available to you, um, and I wasn't walking in it, and so uh, I just wasn't, ex- I just. I just had to know there had to be more and that was my cry to the Lord. And when I said to the Lord, if you'll if you'll I'm totally content that as I pray for people that uh um that they'll experience your presence, but I would like to experience it as well. That was the request I made to him that he honored as he introduced me to the Unville Life School and, and that's really where I mean I was seeing some pretty good healings prior to but the crazy things that I was seeing became, came after I really spent, uh, started spending time in with in the presence of the Lord and intimacy with him. And the, the power is not the goal, but it's a byproduct of the intimacy. The intimacy always has to be the goal.
0: So initially, we're starting out with the concept of healing, but generally it pivots to just bigger things and more encompassing things. And you had told me that... Uh intercession is a big part of this, which often has a little bit of a, I don't know, like a weird connotation with people, like they have certain perceptions of it. So how would you define uh, intercession in terms of what the Unveiled Life School would offer?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So intercession, what we've thought of it as is people either in a room or on a prayer call for hours and hours and hours praying over a particular issue. And there's a place for that. Um There's, there's a, a, there is a a place for it, but the type of intercession that this is really unveil life is really an intercession school, but it's a, it's a power school, power intercession. And so, um, you know, we have some examples of some testimonies that are just really, really amazing. And they, you'd think of, they'd be one-off, but we've got quite a few testimonies like this. I'll share one with you. Um, and forgive me if I get some of the, um, the details wrong, uh, in terms of the relationships involved, but there's a, one of our guys who's a pillar three student is actually two pillar three students. They're at a cafe and one of them just has this vision of, um, a truck, not a semi, but maybe a a U-Haul type truck, 26, you know, foot box truck or something uh, as I understand it. But, um, he sees a vision of uh, eight kids chained up in the back of the truck. And uh, he knows that through the vision uh, that they're on their way to Mexico uh, to be sold into slavery. And, and he shares this with the other guy at the table who again is also a pillar three student. And he's like, well, the Lord's showing you that because we need to pray. And so um, they begin to pray. And it's not just, you know, uh, it's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer they essentially commissioned an angel to go save those children, and then, uh, in the time of faith, he got a picture of where they were on the highway, and so he called nine one one and he said, "Listen, i'm just going to share this with you one time. You can do whatever you want with this, um, but if you don't do anything, the blood is you know the blood of these children are on your hands, and he begins to explain the mile marker, the interstate, what the truck looks like, and you know that it's on the side of the road. And so the lady, the 911 dispatcher is like, wait a minute, what? And so he's like, I told you, I'm not telling you again. And he essentially uh, hung up the phone. Well, a couple hours later, his phone rings again. And it's a a sheriff, a CHP officer. And this is in California. And um, so California Highway Patrol. And the guy starts to grill him. How did you know? How did, you know, just like thinking he's involved in the whole thing. Well, long story short. Uh, They pull up on this truck that's on the side of the road. Every tire is blown out, not just one. Every tire is blown out. And when they open the back up, there's eight kids that are there. There's chains at their feet, but they're not chained up. And the testimony that they gave was right after the truck pulled over, The man showed up in the back of the truck and uh, just pointed at them and all of their chains fell off. And then he just disappeared. And so um, the cop calls uh, our guy back and says, you know, starts to, like, how did you know about this? The driver's long gone. He's nowhere to be found. And um, did you know about this? Did you, you know, what, what's your involvement in this? And he said, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing that I told the 911 dispatcher. I was praying and the Lord showed me this picture. And um, and so, uh, you know, for a while he was in a little bit of trouble. And then they, they kind of, they let him go, hung up on, you know, hung up the call. And then the long, the, the long of the, the short of it is essentially that, um, the woman who's in charge of, uh, works for the CHP who's involved with children, finding children is a believer. And so, uh, when he shared the testimony to her, she was like, I believe you. And I want to, you know, can I keep your number and we want to call you and, and have, um, have you involved in any, you know, if we're trying to find children or, or what have you. So uh, so just to give you that's kind of, we have a couple others very similar to that, um, where through prayer, you're releasing an angel to go set somebody free or to find, you know, lost people, that kind of thing.
0: Okay. Now, the amazing story, number one. Now, we have to pivot to this because this is a topic that has befuddled me for as long as I've been, you know, in this whole faith thing, the topic of angels—I don't get it—and I'm going to ask you to help me clarify because I have heard people say, "Oh, well, you know, you can meet your angel," okay? And there's other people that say that you know angels are working with you, or you have a guardian angel, or you know, I, I personally—I don't mean this, you know, disrespectful—I can't seem to figure out what angels are used for. I, I I don't I don't get it. And then you hear stuff like there's these. Warrior angels, and you know, the Bible accounts of taking on these big. I was held up, I was taken on this principality here. And then there's others like, well, you're going to judge the angels. Like, I'm, I am totally confused on this. This is one area that I do not, I I just can't wrap my head around how this whole thing functions. And I've heard all kinds of stories. I've just listened to testimonies and I'm like, I, I it seems like there's so much contradictory stuff that I can't get a straight answer. So could you help me out? Walk me through the whole angel thing and help me out. with.
1: <laughs> I will do my best, but let me preface this by saying, I'm not an angel expert um but i will say this that that um the bible in especially in the new testament um there's more I, I believe this is correct that there's more references to the angelic and the work of angels in our lives in the new covenant in the new testament as there is in the old uh, there's more in the new than the old and so um you know angels so let's start with this god is omnipotent he's omniscient and he's omnipresent he chooses to uh govern this world through the use of uh first of all his people in the the ecclesia and and through the use of angels which are in the greek it's i think it's angelos it just means messenger and um and so he chooses to to use messengers or angels to uh carry out uh the the mission the objectives the the plans uh, his plan You can see it in Ezekiel, I think it's either 28 or 29, where he says, uh, if you remember, uh, the king Ahab um, um, has the 400 prophets all saying the same thing about whether or not to go into war, and they're all saying, "Yeah, go into war." And there's and and I think it's Jehoshaphat is is asking Ahab, um, do they all agree? And he says, "Yeah, except for one. He just doesn't like me." I'm paraphrasing. And Jehoshaphat says, "Well, let's talk to him." And he speaks up and he says and he paints this picture of God sitting on his divine council at the head of the divine council. And he says, he says, who is going to, um, I, I want Ahab, uh, his reign to be over and he's going to die. Who's going to carry this out. And, uh, um, and, and keep in mind this is old covenant. So, you know, let's apply our, let's keep in mind that this is in the old covenant, but, uh, one of the, the essentially a fallen angel says, uh, steps up and says, I will put a lie in all 400 prophets mouths um, and uh, to say to go to war and in that battle we'll have, you know, him die in battle. And so you can see that God governs in a way and he delegates, I mean, he delegated with Adam and Eve. He delegates today, he decides he chooses to co-labor with us to bring the harvest in. That's very, very clear in scripture. So he can do it any way he wants, but he's doing it this way because he chooses to. And so uh, he has chosen to use the angels as our protectors, as messengers, as uh, beings that carry out his plans, beings that carry out our plans that are in alignment with his plans, um, etc. And so in Hebrews, in chapter one, it talks about him being Jesus, being uh, starting out coming to the earth, being a little bit lower than the angels, but only for a time. And so after his death and resurrection, he's elevated up and sat at the right hand of the Father to take his rightful place, ruling and reigning with, uh, with Abba Father, right? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, guess who's sitting there with Jesus on the throne? We are. And so, you know, all through chapter one of Ephesians, it says that we're chosen, that we're adopted, that we're sealed in the Holy Spirit, that we're his inheritance, that we're co-inheritors with Jesus, and that we're seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ Jesus. And that's not on a folding chair, that's on a throne. And so that throne has dominion, power, and authority. And so included in that is we have dominion, power, and authority over the angelic, both of the holy and the fallen. And so as we pray and we commit, now, whether you like commission an angel verbally or whether you just pray for someone's healing, you're doing the same thing. They're commissioning an angel and angel is going out and doing that work. Uh, He's enforcing the dominion, power, and authority that Jesus gave you when you choose, when you chose to give your life to him. And so whether, you know, we don't see it in the supernatural, but. When you say something in the name of Jesus, I command this to happen, you know there's an angel standing over your shoulder that's enforcing that act because I mean there just is that's how it's happening and so um when you uh now you, an angel is never gonna do something outside of god's will um so you can rest assured that you're not gonna if you commission an angel to do something that's not in alignment with God's will, he's just probably gonna sit there and look at you. Um, but you can, uh, when you do some, when you align your will with the will of the father, for example, healing, which is always God's will to heal and you command something to happen, there's an angel that's going out carrying that task out. It's not God's will for, for six or, I think it was eight children to be sold into slavery. And so when you command an angel to go and, and, uh, make that, uh, truck undriveable, or however you you know, to save those kids, he, he goes and he does it. Nobody else did it except an angel. And so, uh, because it's you're aligning your will with the father's will, you know, when Jesus looks upon the masses and he looks at them with compassion and he says, it says, um, uh, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. And then, uh, it says, pray the Lord of the harvest. Um, and then he, then he commands us to go be the, you know, go be the reapers that he can co-labor with us. Um, there's this desire that God has for us to work with him to see the the uh the harvest be brought in. And when you're sharing the gospel with someone, uh there are angels at work in that person's heart, working on his heart, confirming the word that you're saying, and and so there the angel the angelic is involved all the time. Now they're never our focus. We don't worship them, we don't we just see them as Uh, holy beings that are assigned to carry out the tasks of the father and they're uh they're agents of change that um that are never meant to be they're never the focus you behold jesus and and actually as you behold jesus you start to reflect and look more like him Uh, you actually have more power for you know that kind of uh uh ministry and so you know the challenge in the past is that in past past like, you know you know like thousands and 1,500 years ago or whatever was there was just a lot of angelic worship going on, and that's taken the church from a from into a place of hey we're not supposed to let's not talk about them let's not focus on them let's not and that's fine but people are I, I'm sure that when people get to heaven they're totally shocked at how involved angels have been in protecting you from things you never knew you were even under attack from, uh, from carrying out the prayers that you prayed, uh, you know, seeing the answered prayers that were at, that were, uh, when God said yes, it was angels that went and did it. Um, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So they're, they're just, they're never the focus, but they're agents that carry out God's will and carry out our will when we're properly aligned in God's will and, and praying in and faith,
0: Would you say that being aware of the function of angels or some sort of interaction with them in a spiritual sense, does that increase the power that you bring in healing or in intercession, or does it function the same, whether you directly involve them or not? You know what I'm saying? Is it That's, like yeah. the more awareness you have?
1: That's a great question. I would say, no, it has. I, okay. So let me know. It has no impact on what's going to happen if you have the faith, you know, behind your prayer. So if you don't have faith, it really doesn't matter if you know or not. If you do have faith, it, again, doesn't matter if you know or not. The results are going to be based on your faith, not on your knowledge of what's going on in the supernatural that you can't see. But if you know what's going on, it just gives you a greater awareness and, and, and probably I would say impacts your discernment in the midst of of what's happening.
0: Okay, so now you are on your way. Switching gears a little bit, you're going your way from Omaha now to New Hampshire. When will you be fully set up in your role over there and fully moved in, all locked and loaded?
1: Well, I've been doing the job since July third. Uh, we anticipate being in New Hampshire uh, towards the end of September, um, and you know we're developing a. Uh, curriculum that is a foundational curriculum for people that are coming out of maybe cessationist churches that really need to um, uh, come to grips with God's willingness to heal. Um, we're so we're going to be doing some things like that. We've also got some some documentaries that we're filming uh, that will uh, just be you know displays of of power um, that will kind of uh, bring a better understanding of what Unveil Life is is trying to accomplish. Probably all uh, similar, you know, different, we're a different ministry than the last Reformation, so our documentary will be different, but the purpose of it is similar to what uh, Torben has been doing with the last Reformation
0: movies if someone were to start in these uh, these courses or these classes and take this curriculum, what can they expect? What would be part of the curriculum? How are the courses done and how long of a time investment are they looking at for this?
1: Yeah. So Pillar One is, uh, I believe it's 10 or 12 videos that Jeff has put together. Uh, we really work hard to build community on the Pillar One Facebook page. You can only join the the Facebook page if you're a member a pillar one member. Um, and so, uh, I do, uh, every two, uh, twice a week, I'll take one of the video sessions and we'll just break it down and talk about it. And we usually have, uh, 15 or so people that, that are on, on that live stream. And we just talk about it and answer questions and that kind of thing. Um, and so in terms of, it's probably, an hour and a half. Well, you can be involved as you want to be. If you just only want to watch the videos, you're welcome to do that. Uh, my role is to get people uh, um, through the course, get the the 25 healings, so that they can move on to pillar two. And the, and let me just say this about that. You know, people get wrapped up around the number 25 and how. You know, I regularly get asked, "Do I need to show medical proof or anything like that?" It's like, no. We're not the 25 number is almost arbitrary in a lot of ways. What we want to build is a lifestyle of of healing that you're walking in a lifestyle of healing. If you're only doing it to check the box so you can get onto pillar two, as I said before, you're just you're not going to experience all there is to experience through pillar two, and and you won't even have success in pillar three. Um, we're trying to create a lifestyle in pillar one where uh, we're just flipping the switch that's already in you. Making you aware of the dominion power and authority that you carry to pray for the sick and see them healed, um, and so so you can just watch the videos. It's probably 12 to 15 hours of videos. It's totally at your pace. Once you become a member, for for now, we're thinking about changing this up a little bit. But for now, all of those videos are available to you to watch at your leisure. Um, If we change anything down the road, we might make say session one available for a two or three week period. Um, and then before we open up session two, just to keep people, uh, have, have actual start dates and semesters so we can keep people in the in the same area of the teaching, um, which makes it a little bit easier to manage and make sure people's questions are getting answered, things like that. Uh, but right now, it's totally open to anybody uh, that you can just binge watch them all and get it done in, in, you know, I mean, you could do it in a day or two if you really wanted to. you know, sit there all day. Um, But we also have the Facebook page and just real community that we're building uh, for people to come in and ask questions. I also do uh, just topics of, for example, um, you know, how to approach somebody to pray for healing. Uh, It's anybody that has done healing, and you've probably had people tell you this over and over and over again on your Healing the Sick podcast. The easiest way to heal people is to get out of the church and go do it on the street. There's just the hardest people to pray for are Christians. Um, There's a whole reason behind that. We don't have time to get into, Uh, but the best way to see, you know, healings and and fast uh, and radical healings is to get out of the church, go into the street, go pray for the lost and, and let them encounter Jesus in a way that they've never experienced before could even fathom. And then if you're going to do that, you need to get real good at learning how to preach the gospel or how to bring people to the Lord, how to, how to bring them to a place of salvation, and so I teach that. That's part of my role in the Pillar One School. <clears throat> um, I had I had been a Christian for forty four years before I saw the you know my first healing, and and then shortly after that I realized that I didn't know how to share the gospel. So when I would pray for people and they'd say, "What just happened?" Well, that's that's another way of saying share the gospel with me, and I didn't know how to do it, even though I'd been a believer. I'd been a Christian, elementary school, junior high, senior high. Like I just didn't know how to share the gospel, so uh that's the way the gifts operate, whether it's the prophetic awards of knowledge or healing or any of the others um they open a non believer's heart an unbeliever's heart to the possibility that god exists and and part of our job is to be um able to uh cogently and concisely share the gospel i you were just healed by Jesus Christ, he's still alive. He loves you and he's wooing you into a relationship with you, uh, with him rather. And, you know, and just being able to convert that into a conversation about Jesus and how he died on the cross for you to free you of your sins and reconcile you with the father. And so uh, those are all topics that we discuss uh, over and above the teachings that are available to you when you become a pillar one student. All of that content is on the Facebook page and it's free.
0: All right. So listeners out there, um, I've gone through these videos. They're pretty intense. It's good stuff. And again, we've talked with Jeff and now Paul. And if somebody wants to get involved, track it down, take classes, find you, what are the websites, social medias? How do they get connected up?
1: Yeah. So the website is unveillife.org. And there's every bit of information you kind of want to navigate to the Pillar Power School. Uh, there's a there's a evangelical evangelism school that curriculum is being worked on uh there's also a context school that curriculum is being worked on uh so you won't find a lot of content there but on the power school uh navigate your way there and then uh if you're interested the first thing you want to do is create an account um, and then once you create an account you can choose which school you want to attend and so uh even i by the time i uh, joined unveiled life, I'd seen, uh, I don't know, probably a hundred, 150 healings, maybe 200. I still join pillar one just because, um, you want to, if you're in, if you're into healing, you want to listen to everybody that you can find, talk about healing. Cause they, they, they might just uncover one nugget that will just do wonders in your faith as you pray for people. And whether it's Curry Blake or Picabrera or any of these, uh, or, um, Kenneth Hagan or any of these guys, John G. Lake or Smith Wigglesworth, you read their books, you find out what their theology was. You know, you, if you just uncover one little nugget, it's worth it because it, it opens up something within you that allows you to go after healing with more faith. And so I would recommend, even if you've seen a bunch of healing, uh, healings, uh, I would recommend that you still sign up for pillar one because there might just be something that you learned through those, uh, those videos that, uh, lights a fire in you to go after something a little bit more hard, go after it more harder, or just clarify something about how this whole thing works and, um, you know, that kind of thing. So, so I'd still recommend you join pillar one, but you're you know, if you've got a number, what, you know, more than 25 healings, you can certainly go right into pillar two. And, um, and that one, uh, their curriculum is about the same, but it also obviously requires that you be spending quiet time with father. And so, um, whether, you know, you have to take that into account too, um, you know, when I talk about an hour with people, cause I'll share this in the workshops that we do, the in-person workshops that we do. And sometimes I'll see people like in their mind, 15 minutes is a long time, you know, Well, the people that are doing pillar three and pillar four, you know, they're spending four hours in the presence. They're spending, you know, six hours. Um, So it's, there's no shortcut to intimacy with the Lord. And what you put into it is what you get out of it. Um, Just like any other friendship, uh, you can't really be a friend. You you know, you, you didn't ask your wife, well, most of us didn't ask our wives, our spouses to marry them the first time we met them. You know, we had to build relationship and build intimacy. And there's no shortcut to that with him any more than there is with our spouses. So that that particular course uh, takes, a, the curriculum is about the same length, but you also, you know, but there's the, the time that you spend with, with ABBA that you have to factor in too. And obviously, if if you're too busy for that, you're probably too busy.
0: All right. There you have it, listeners. It is unveiledlife.org is where you'll find the Power, or the Unveiled Life Power School with all the things Paul was talking about. And if anytime you're unsure, you're welcome to visit dominionfire.com where you can check out Paul's interview on the Heal the Sick podcast and you hear other interviews with Jeff concerning the school in a little more detail with his stories and all that. And Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I thank you for your time today. And before we close out, um, if I were to have you say like a final word to everybody about why they need to be part of this or why this is such an important thing for life. Bring it home for us and take us out of the show today.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, quite frankly, this school isn't for everybody. It's for the people that are uh, desiring breakthrough in their their level of intimacy with the Father, with the the Godhead, not just the Father, but the Holy Spirit, and the Son. And it's for people that uh, are just hungry for more, that they're, they you know whether they've seen healing or not they're just hungry for a deeper level of intimacy with the lord and the byproduct of that is is more healing more power more discernment the ability to hear his voice and prove your prophetic uh your ear for the prophetic just all of that that comes with walking more deeply with uh with the father son and holy spirit if that's you then you need to check us out
0: ladies and gentlemen paul gornell the director of Pillar One Power School with Unveiled Life Power School. And uh, anytime, again, website is dominionfire.com. We'll see you guys on the next episode. And as we always say, boom, goes Yeshua. And we'll see you guys next time.